Well, that was certainly something. The Baltimore Ravens defeat the Los Angeles Chargers in week 12, 20 to 10. We talk about the game, how the defense carried the offense, and how we should feel headed into the bye week for the Baltimore Ravens, all coming up next year on this episode of Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, where your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. And I'm your host, Kevin Allstriker of Ravens Wire, here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here. As always, and making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. Free and available, all podcasting platforms that includes video form on YouTube, audio form, wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates. You want to talk to you fast about your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We are our five-day-a-week Ravens podcast here. But we do a little more with the live shows now, so we do more than five days here. Is We're here Monday through Friday and Sundays when the games happen, Thursdays when the games happen, and even Mondays when those games happen. So be sure to subscribe, follow along. We are free and ready to get your podcast, so no money involved. There you can also subscribe on Subtext, which is in the description below, to support me and my work and get some more insight content over there. And we bring you Ravens news analysis updates every single weekday, plus more here on the show. And today we're talking Ravens at the midnight hour here on the live stream. And of course, if you missed the live stream one week, it'll be, of course, uploaded in audio form after the fact as well. Baltimore defeats the Los Angeles Chargers in week 12, 20 to 10. It was <laughs> certainly not the best offensive performance I've ever seen, but man, did that defense play lights out all the way. The chat is popping here. We have David Garcia, my man, main man, David here. Get him, Kevin Ogo. Ravens, a win is a win, big dog, no matter what. Ravens are doing their darn thing, big homie. David, I appreciate you. I appreciate the positivity David brings as well. Eli saying, big dub for the flock tonight. Get some rest and let's go get them after the bye. So we're going to talk about everything from the stats in this game, how we should be feeling after this game, both defensively and offensively for them, plus what to expect heading into their bye week, which will be the premise for Monday's show as well. So if you're listening to this after the fact and you're listening to us on Monday, be sure to check out the Monday show as well so let's just first get into the generalness of this game it, it was a defensive game for the Ravens I know the offense did some things here and there but it was pretty sloppy for the offense as a whole I mean this Ravens defense just absolutely lights out for the most part in this one I mean I was really really impressed by them it was a turnover day for the Chargers I believe well the Chargers had five turnovers I'm pulling up the team stats now four four turnovers for the Chargers still incredible there now, I will say early in the the, refer, the refs were bad on both sides. It, it was a bad referee game on both sides. And I think a big storyline of this was John Harbaugh. I don't know. There is some questions. There are some questions about John. We, we can talk about those throughout the week. But early in the game, Geno Stone gets away with a late hit on Justin Herbert. There's also a fair catch interference that the Ravens get away with. But then on the Ravens side of things, there are multiple spots that are ruled short. When they should not have been ruled short, it was clearly a first down. Even the eye test said it was clearly a first down. So just just bad refereeing on both sides. But you're not going to blame refs in that situation. You don't you don't want to put yourself in that situation here. 
But for me, what stands out to me defensively is, again, the Ravens overcame things, but the Chargers actually went 7 of 15 on third down, but they held them on fourth down to 1 of 3, so they stepped up when it mattered for the most part. But it was interesting because yards per play, the Ravens averaged a full yard more than the Chargers, and the Ravens had those explosive plays that, like, Keith Mitchell was awesome in this game. Penalty-wise, literally exactly almost even for both teams. Ravens 542, and the... Chargers had five for 41, but the Ravens actually outgained the Chargers 361 to 279. So while it might not have been the sloppiest offensive performance, I think some people are painting it out that way. I, I don't want to paint it that way, but it was definitely a day where the defense carried the offense, especially through some of the lulls that the offense had throughout the course of the game. And especially, I don't want to, I don't want to flack on them too much, give them too much flat because this was their first game without Mark Andrews when they know it's going to be a prolonged absence, so you're trying to work in there as well. But we'll see what happens. Left field, Jay Santa, no, it wasn't pretty, but we gutted out a close win that looked like a really typical Ravens loss. And, and you know, I agree with that. And I think I want to give Mike McDonald such a shout out right now. I really, all season, all season, he's been incredible. I know Ravens fans have appreciated him. I've appreciated him. Everybody in Baltimore appreciates Mike McDonald. But that fourth down play call, when the Chargers needed to get that conversion to essentially, you know, keep driving down the field to try to either tie the game up or win the game late in that fourth quarter. That was just, mm, that, that was the chef's kiss of, of play calling the perfectly executed defensive back blitz off the edge. And shout out to Arthur Millette, man. He, he has been, he's been incredible. All those Eric DaCosta, I mean, while we're at, let's just shout out everybody. Shout out to Eric DaCosta making those signings. Kyle Van Noy with a huge play. Shout out to him. Jadavian Clowney with a massive strip sack and a, Force fumble. I mean, all of these guys are just out of their minds. And that defensively makes up for some of this inconsistency, some of this sloppiness. And look, football is a team game, right? Sometimes your offense is going to have it. Sometimes your offense is, sometimes your defense is going to have it. Sometimes it's not. A win is an encapsulation of everything that a football team does offensively, defensively, special teams, coaching. So while we can sit here and say, you know what? Yeah, the offense wasn't their best in this game, which I think we can all agree with. The defense certainly was, and that's more so the reason why the Ravens won this game. Offensively, box score-wise, just again, very generally, Lamar Jackson, 18 of 32, 177 with one touchdown through the air, also contributed 11 carries for 39 yards. The Chargers, to their credit, did a pretty good job of bottling up Lamar on the ground in this one, but Keith Mitchell averaging 7.1 yards per carry here, 9 for 64. He, he just looks so good. And Honestly, to me, what impresses me most about Keaton Mitchell, and I've talked about it again, if you've been listening to me here on Lockdown Ravens, if you've been an everyday or here for a while, you've been listening to my work, I was big on Keaton Mitchell going into that 2023 draft. I was ecstatic when the Ravens got him, but some of the criticism he faced, not necessarily for me, but just, you know, the overall, why didn't he get drafted was because he was a smaller back who I think a lot of people classified in that, oh, he's just a, he's just a one-trick pony. He's only a speed guy. But he runs fearlessly between the tackles, great ball carrier vision, and he is strong. He's he's deceptively strong. So I think that we don't get – well, I think Ravens fans do, but the general NFL public does not give Keaton Mitchell enough credit for – he might not be a totally 100% complete back yet. I mean, I wouldn't expect him to be. It's his first NFL season when he hasn't really gotten us on a playing time. But he's exceeded those expectations, and he was a big reason why this Ravens offense had some semblance of life in this one. Now, the interesting part of this, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, the usage there, Keaton Mitchell was not interesting. You, sh you should give him 9, 10, 11 carries. Justice Hill, 5 for 31. Gus, 8 for 26. So that will 
that will cause some questions, I think, and we'll talk about it throughout the week. Has Keaton Mitchell surpassed Gus Edwards, or should he surpass Gus Edwards as the number one running back on this team? So I'm very interested to see how that goes, because I think, look, maybe you just have a 1A, 1B situation. That that could definitely be what ends up happening. Eli saying we definitely have the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year. I mean, Zay, Zay is in that conversation. I mean, look, I think they're going to give it to CJ Stroud. Like, I just think that's what's going to happen. I think Zay is certainly in that conversation, but just knowing how the NFL works, it's probably going to go to CJ. I mean, <laughs> and that's just what it's going to be. I wish it would go to Zay. I wish it would, but I, I got to give a shout out. A Ravens-Texans playoff matchup, by the way. How electric would that be? How electric would that be? Nate saying big win over Medibike's in concussion protocol right now. He's gotten he's got two weeks to get. But I didn't know that. I did not know that Medibike was in concussion protocol. I'm, I'm kind of perusing Twitter. I hopped on here as soon as I could. I, so I, yeah, I guess Medibike in the concussion protocol. And if that's what it is, I'm still trying to peruse Twitter to find it. But if that is the case, it's a. I mean, obviously you, you hate to see that for a player, but two weeks for Medibike to get better from that is ideal at least hopefully it's nothing serious for him he's able to heal from that and get back as well Eli saying Munkin and Harbs owe McDonald a few presents I tweeted during the game I said Todd Munkin knows Mike McDonald a Rolex you know how offensive linemen <laughs> they, they, they go and they give their offensive line gifts like they get gifts from the quarterback well I think the offensive coordinator needs to give the defensive coordinator a Rolex right now as well Professor Zoom saying Stroud got that sewed up I agree Professor Zoom I agree with that I think it's CJ's award to lose here but Zay's done a heck of a job of trying to get in that conversation Raven 76 be more in the chat saying what up KO David Garcia saying Zay was on point I appreciate you guys again for tuning in here Jonathan saying I love that we use a rare Justin Tucker miss on a game we won anyway so let's let's hold up there Let, let's get into our first break coming back we're going to talk about Jonathan's point about Justin Tucker because there is a conversation to be had there, and it's one that I don't think we've ever had on the show and maybe Ravens fans have never had. So be sure to stay tuned. We still have a lot to talk about on this midnight live instant reaction mission of Lockdown Ravens coming after the Baltimore Ravens beat the Los Angeles Chargers 20-10 in Week 12. First, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, and it's really important if you're a small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why I have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Me personally, I've had a lot of great experiences over on LinkedIn, and it's helped friends, family. It's helped a lot of people I know. So LinkedIn's awesome, and it's really important to have quality candidates to interview. And how LinkedIn Jobs is super easy to go find them on. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which make it the best place to hire. You can hire really easily when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash lockdown NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And this episode of Locked On Ravens, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And during this holiday season, the end of year season, it can be a little difficult. I have I look forward to the holidays, but sometimes there can be struggles with seasonal blues. It's a thing. 
And it can be a lot this time of year. It's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and change, something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. And there are so many benefits to therapy, whether it's learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and it can empower you to become the best version of yourself too. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma, it's for everyone. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. We're back. It's our second segment here live on Locked on Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still talk with you. I appreciate everybody tuning in on this light night edition. Again, we're coming off the holiday weekend. It was Thanksgiving, so I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I say I hope I hope it had all the F's. You have food, family, friends, football, right? All the F's of Thanksgiving. So I appreciate you making your Sunday night slash Monday morning here on Locked on Ravens. A Locked on Ravens one. But let's get back into the comment from... Who, who was it from? I lost it first. From Jonathan. It was Jonathan's comment about Justin Tucker. And there has been some conversation here about Justin Tucker, especially early. But now with the kick that he missed, he was two for three in this game. And, and let, let's talk about it for a little bit. I think for Tucker, he's at 82.6% on the year. That's, again, not your Justin Tucker. You, we're, not, we're not used to that, I think, whether it's you're watching this team, covering this team. Justin Tucker's a career 90.1% field goal percentage kicker. I think this game actually put him under. I'm not sure that I think the stats I'm using might not have updated, but he did go two of three in this game. So I think before this game, he was kicking on the year yeah, the 82.6. So it might've dropped him down even further, but regardless, 14 of 17 against the AFC this year, but he's 19 of 23 as a whole. And Justin Tucker to me, look, he still feels automatic to an extent, but I start to get more nervous than I used to the further he goes back. And this miss, I think, what was it from? Was it from 44, I believe it was, right around? It was a 40-plus yard field goal. That, my jaw literally dropped. Like, from 50-plus, I can understand it, right? Those kicks are hard, and I think we've been so spoiled as, as people who watch the Ravens, cover the Ravens, and just think, all right, 55-yarder, no problem. Justin Tucker has it. That's really, that's unprecedented. That's pretty rare. In fact, it's very rare to have that happen. And look, Justin Tucker, he is not, you know, the spry 25-year-old anymore. He's 34. He just turned 34. So I think, look, he has many great years of kicking the football left in him. I'm not going to overreact too badly to this, but it has been a trend where 50-plus yarders, I'm trying to pull it up this year, 50-plus this year is one of five from 50 plus this season, which again is very rare for him. So it's a rare Tucker miss. I think there is some conversation that we have, but I'm not going to overreact and say Tucker's washed. He can't hit field goals anymore. That's not true. Tucker's still the best field goal kicker in the league, best field goal kicker in NFL history. I just don't think, you know, if we're talking like hundred percent, Justin Tucker, maybe we're at like 99 or 98 right now. But again, I'm not, I'm not going to overreact to that personally. Let's see more comments. We got comments flooding in. I really appreciate all the engagement here. Raven 76, be more sand. I'm not concerned with this team. My concern is with coach Harbaugh. He is horrible situational football. We'll get into this throughout the week too. And I appreciate Raven 76 more for bringing this one up because there were multiple mistakes by John Harbaugh in this game. And that is not the first time we've said that this season. And that does worry me because look, we can admit the Ravens won this game really good to get a win. 
right? A win is a win. I'm not trying to compl- to complain after a win. But the Chargers are a dumpster fire. They have talent on both sides of the ball, but they're coached horribly. They make so many mistakes. And it, it should not have taken all that to beat the Chargers. It, it shouldn't have. I get they're traveling. But it concerns me a little bit with the situational stuff because especially on the play where first down isn't called, you go for it on fourth down, and you don't get it. You, you don't get it, and then luckily you get it the second time. But that can cost you in a playoff environment against a team that is healthy, is not the Chargers. And again, a win is a win. I'm not trying to dispute that. I'm not trying to take away from the fact that the Ravens pulled it out and that it was impressive that despite how terrible the offense played inconsistency-wise, they were still able to go out there and do it. But we talked about John Harbaugh in the Colts game. We talked about John Harbaugh in the Steelers game, the mental preparedness of this team. Sure, you know, he's not going out there and catching passes and making mistakes on the field, but it is on him to get his guys prepared to play. So I think that there is some level of concern with John Harbaugh for me. Again, they're not going to make a move in season. They're they're not going to do that. I don't want to talk like that's going to happen. If anything, and it's a conversation we can have after the season, I want to see how it plays out first. If it's a wild card exit, if it's a divisional round exit for the Ravens, I think it's time. But there are still going to be there, there are going to be questions about well, what happens if he makes that mistake in a playoff game. Justin Herbert, I think, is a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great one. I think he's been playing a lot better, but I, I just, I don't know. Harbaugh has some stuff that he has to work out. I think that, you know, we're kind of on pace for this. Like, Harbaugh has a weird game every month, and if that happens in January, I don't think it's going to go well. So there has to be more consistency from John Harbaugh for sure. Eli's saying, I still don't understand how and why we lost to the Colts, Browns, and Colt well, Steelers. <laughs> Losing to the Colts twice would be tough, but... Again, I think it was just sloppiness and the Ravens beating themselves. The Browns, I think, beat the Ravens. I want to—I'll give the Browns credit for that. But it's some self-inflicted stuff, some inconsistency, and some sloppiness. Jonathan's saying Harbaugh does need someone in his ear. Do we not have an, an analytics situational guy telling him optimal situational play? I, they do. They're, they're an analytics team. They like analytics, and they have multiple guys. I just—I don't know what was going on. They, he should have someone in his ear telling him the chat, and then the play that they challenge, they lose. So I don't know. I just feel like there are better uses than to hold on to those challenges. I get you go, you only get to a game if you win one. If you lose it, you obviously don't get it anymore. But you win both those challenges, and they both come in key spots, and you don't miss on that fourth down if you just challenge a play and get the first down. So David's saying everyone has a bad day. Ravens are good. The Ravens are good. I agree with David. The Ravens are a good football team. They're one of the best teams in the NFL, right? That It doesn't take away – despite they were inconsistent on offense, despite some of the mistakes they made, every team goes through games like this. Every team has weird wins and bad losses and injuries and everything, but it's about how you can respond and how the team is built. And I think for the most part, Baltimore has done a good job. I just want to see it continue throughout the rest of the regular season. They get this bye week to heal up and then they can move forward as well. Nick D saying another solid game carried by the defense. Great game. We need to cash in on those turnovers. Yeah, four turnovers for the Chargers, forced by this Ravens defense. Incredible. Jonathan, what are the current odds for the number one seed? Looking like Chiefs schedules, unfortunately, Cupcake. They get Buffalo off the bye next week. They should be seven-point favorites in every other game. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens because obviously right now with the tiebreakers, the Ravens, I think, would be fourth 
if I'm not mistaken, fourth with the tiebreakers because of conference record. It was a big conference one here against the Chargers. That it actually does a lot for them in terms of what they could be for the number one seed. But they have to they're, they're tied. If the Chargers, well, not the Chargers, if the Chiefs and the Dolphins and the Jaguars, if they all win in week 13, then the Ravens will be fourth because of conference record, I believe it is. But we'll see. I, I think they have a shot, but we we cannot <laughs> we, we can't underestimate this Ravens upcoming stretch of games they have. It's the Rams who blew out the Cardinals, to be fair, the Cardinals, but the Rams looked good on offense in this game. Cooper Cup didn't really have him. I invested a lot of stock stock in Cooper Cup and fantasy has not worked out for me. But after that, it's going to be a gauntlet. The Jaguars, the 49ers, the Dolphins, and that week 18 game against the Steelers. We're going to see how that all pans out for them here but they do have a shot they have a good shot at the number one seed the number one seed right now and again they they control their destiny right if they keep winning they win that one seed so we'll see and obviously i think they need a little help from the conference and and stuff there but it'll it'll be good for them to kind of go through this gauntlet and get play i think one of the issues with the 2019 ravens is they were never really tested they were never really tested before the playoffs because every game was just so dominant they were never in those close one score games these one score games kind of fuel you right? It's those 45 to six primetime wins and the 59 to 10, those feel great. Those are awesome, but they don't test you. I think the Ravens have been in a, a lot more test you situations this year, which I think will actually help them come playoff time. Eli saying, I would love to see a Zay streak down the field and have him smoke everyone. We we've seen it. We've seen it come close. We've seen it come close. I would hope that we see it in the next couple of weeks, but we'll see as well. Tanya saying shout out to the defense and the offense did enough. The offensive line makes me nervous. What's going to happen in the playoffs? Khalil Mack was all over Lamar. Yeah. Offensive line, definitely a concern. And we'll come back with that in the final part of the show, because it was not a great day for Ronnie Stanley. The chargers defensive line is a good unit, but the Ravens offensive line, I think, although they did have some good moments was definitely a little too inconsistent for my liking. So be sure to stay tuned. We still have plenty to talk about here on this live instant reaction edition of Locked On Ravens coming up soon. First, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is awesome. It's the most fun so many have had up to 25 times their money this football season. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less than the projected stats, and place your entry with basketball season here if you're a big basketball fan. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players in different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, you can get that at a 10.5 combo with three-pointers made plus receptions. And if you want to play alongside some of Price Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Milk, Media Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries in some of the biggest names in Price Picks in that community each week. Plus, Price Picks now offers a super cool reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, you have a player who exits the game in the first half and has a return in the second. That player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So, go to pricepicks.com slash NFL. Use code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first Boston match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash NFL. Use code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first Boston match up to $100. Price Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Background not locked on Ravens on a victory Monday edition. We started at midnight here. Kevin Ostriker taking you home in this live show. Again, thank you so much for being here. Whether it's live or whether it's post live stream, be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow along in audio form. We just hit, I don't even know how I missed it. We hit a million views on the YouTube channel a couple days ago, which is awesome. So thank you for all that support here. We bring your Ravens news analysis updates five days a week plus more. But let's get back into the chat here because 
I think that for the Ravens, Tanya makes a good point about the offensive line and the inconsistency they had. Look, we can admit it. We have been admitting it. Ronnie Stanley is not Ronnie Stanley anymore. I think that injury took such a toll on him. It's unfair. His prime lasted such a short amount of time and a terribly short amount of time, but he has struggled all season. I would not be shocked if the Ravens don't bring him back next year. And it hurts because he's done so much for the organization. He's been such a good player for them, but he has definitely lost it a little bit and it's impacting the way that this Ravens offense runs, but you're not, you're not going to bench him. You're you're not going to bench him. Despite Patrick McCarry and how, how solid he's been all season for the most part, you're not going to bench Ronnie Stanley, but that gives you some concern. Morgan Moses had a, had a tough day against Khalil Mack as well. They got some interior pressure. The Chargers did. John Simpson, I know he got replaced by get Ben Cleveland for a little bit. So at this point, yeah, I, I don't know what happens with the offensive line come playoff time. There are some vaunted pass rushes, especially when you talk about what the Steelers have in week 18, what that game's going to look like. The Dolphins have Bradley Chubb and some other guys. I know Jalen Phillips got injured, but then you have the Rams with Aaron Donald on the interior there. And, you know, you can talk about some of the others as well. I mean, Jacksonville with Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen, there are a lot. So that offensive line is going to have to step up as well. Joey Mart saying, Kevin, any idea when the, why the offense always seems to, dis- to disappear in the second half? I, I There are so many answers I could give. I think the one, I'll, I don't know. I think the one I'll go with is they, they seem to just be complacent. Like they seem to just get complacent. And part of it, I think it's play calling. But I think what what my dream offense is for them is look, the Chargers are an abysmal run defense. They have been all season, and it didn't feel like Todd Munkin for again, we've had this conversation, did not feel like Todd Munkin was utilizing the run game like he should have. It really took that final drive when the Ravens needed to run the clock down that he actually did that. I also think that when the Ravens are spread out, when they have four wide, you put Zay out there. You can put Likely in the slot if you want to. You can put Aguilar out there, Beckham, Bateman, all these guys. When they're spread out, it creates such a bind for a defense because you can run an option. You can run a draw. You can run a quarterback draw. You can throw the ball. You can do short. It just feels like when it's spread, I feel like when I see the Ravens offense spread out and the defense has to go with them, you see one guy in the middle of the field, four defensive linemen. There are too many weapons on this offense not utilize guys like that. And that's what I notice. It just feels like they try to run screens when they shouldn't. They're trying to be too cute when they shouldn't. And it has been, I don't know. I feel like I expected more from Todd Munkin at this point in the year. I get they scored 30 plus in five straight games before this, but the inconsistency has been a little maddening for a lot of people. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens there. I'm trying to catch up on the comments here. We got plenty of them. I, I thank everybody for engaging in the chat here. It's really awesome to, to do this. Tanya saying, finally, we won when Tucker missed a field goal. Eli saying, I hate the feeling. The J Tuck is slipping. Am I wrong? Kobe saying, Tucker for the first time doesn't feel automatic. Yeah, I mean, three comments there, all about Justin Tucker in a row. And it's sad. I mean, look, again, I'm not trying to overreact and say that Tucker is over here being like a, a washed version of himself. That's not the case. But it doesn't feel like, oh, he's trotting out from 55. He's going to make it. There's a little bit of hesitancy now, which I'm like, oh, it's the worst. Nick D saying, hit the like button for KO's dedication to midnight. Nick, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's a grind out here. Got some more recording to do after this. I'll be live on Bleacher Report tomorrow. But hey, it's fun, especially when the Ravens get the win. Uh, let's see. 
Joey saying critique Zay's performance and celebrations. <laughs> I thought Zay was fun. I thought Zay was good. I mean, he gets two touchdowns in America. The celebrations, Lamar was not, Lamar was not having that boutique celebration that the flower, you know, he, he had, was not having it. The second one I thought was cool with Odell being the goalie, the penalty kick one, but Zay looked electric in this one did have, you know, I'm trying to pull up the stats quickly. I'm still on Justin Tucker as I, Try to maneuver back over there. He had five for 25. So it wasn't, I think the Ravens are utilizing him wrong. They're trying to get him involved in these screens and it's working. Like some of these trick plays are working, but he he's such a good route runner and defenses. You know, they, they try to go one-on-one with him. It doesn't work. They try to double him. He goes somewhere else. I, I just think they need to have a better offensive flow to them. And it's not working at this point right now. Uh, Tana saying, Clowney, Keaton, Zay, Washington, Kyle, the defense had themselves a game. Yeah, all those guys. Washington, good to see him get a sack. Travis Jones got to have a sack. Justin Matabike, 10 on the year for him. First Ravens defender to have 10 sacks in a year, plus double digits since Terrell Suggs in 2017. If you've been listening to me here for years on Locked on Ravens, I've been saying that stat over and over again. Daryl saying, Monkey needs to get Isaiah likely more involved in the offense. He was moving the change. Yeah, likely looked good. Likely looked really good in this game as a receiver. Looked fast, spry, agile, making guys miss. I wish he was featured a little more, Daryl. I agree with you. And hopefully that'll be something they can adjust during the, the bye week here. Jonathan saying, wonder if Tucker is missing his old operation. Uh, last year, last miss was uncharacteristic. Usually he misses high and far, just barely left to right, or he misses a super long attempt. That was just a miss hit. Yeah, I mean, Morgan Cox and Sam Cook were key. But, I mean, it didn't really happen last year. I mean, obviously Nick Moore is not the snapper right now. It's... Tyler Ott, Nick Moore's out for the season, but I don't know. Obviously the Wolfpack was so automatic and Tucker was a big part of that. Woodrow saying you the man, Kev. Ravens need to pay PQ. I appreciate you, Woodrow. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, PQ is going to be huge for him. What we're going to see, I tweeted this out. The Ravens for agents, Justin Matabike, Patrick Queen, Gino Stone, Jadavian Clowney, Kyle Van Noy, Michael Pierce, Kevin Zeitler, Odo Beckham Jr., Gus Edwards, there are a lot of guys they have to pay, and unfortunately, as we know, they cannot pay everybody. So I don't know how it's going to work out, but they have to keep Matabike. They, they just have to at this point. Christopher, Christopher saying the offense had me drinking, but the defense was killing it. I think that is a very that's a very accurate encapsulation of what that game was, Christopher. I appreciate you for that. He says we're on top of the AFC and on the bye week. Get Humphrey for the Rams. Yeah, he'll he'll return. He'll be good. Uh, Kobe saying with the amount of turnovers we got, the score should have gotten out of hand. I agree. The Ravens did not capitalize on those. I don't know the exact stat turnover wise, but it should have been a lot better of a game than it was for the offense. 100%. Kobe saying there isn't a way to get rid of Ronnie till 2025 and 2024. He has a cap at a 26 million, a dead cap hit a 17. We're stuck with them till the dead cap hit is six and 25. I, I did not know that. Thank you for that, Kobe. I mean, you, people will say, just take the dead cap hit to, well, I don't know. Yeah, so you would only clear, I mean, it's quick math, you would only clear 9 mil a cap room with this with the 17 million dead cap hit. So ideally, yes, it would be 2025. So I, yeah, I'll revise it. I didn't know that. I appreciate you for bringing that to my attention, Kobe. It'd be tough for them to get rid of him this season. But again, if the play falls off too much, what do you do at this point? Lenny's saying the Ravens abandon the running game too soon, especially when we're in field goal range. We'll call a pass play and get sacked instead of something running the ball. That That's it too. The Ravens will get sacked out of field goal range. The play calling is just off. I'm not saying the execution is pristine and perfect, but to me, it's, it's both. Play calling has been a bit lackluster consistency-wise execution, obviously, as well. But I think Lamar is, is dialed, as dialed in as he's ever been. And if that offense just gets spread out, I mean, I just want them to get spread out more 
And then you can do so much and you're either running against an empty box or you're getting one-on-one situations. I know it's not that simple, but to me, I think what, what's been good is Lamar is taking the checkdowns. He's taking the short stuff a little bit more and he's taking what the defense is giving him instead of trying to do too much on a lot of these plays, which I think has been a big improvement from him. And it's honestly helping him out this season. Jeff saying Munkin was trying to light up a bad defense that of calling an efficient game. Yeah. I, I, it's tough. I don't know. I was expecting a little more consistency from Munkin at this point. Obviously, we haven't gotten that. And Jack saying Moses had a tough time blocking Mac. Yeah, Khalil Mack's one of the best at this point. And, you know, it, it was a tough day. Kobe saying there's no way you cut Ronnie in 2024 when you have 20 depending for ages, nine key contributors. I agree. I mean, I agree. Some, I'm just saying, some fans will say it. Some people will say it on social media. Well, just take the nine mil dead cap hit. Just take it. And it's okay because you're going to have the 9 mil that you get or the 17 million dead cap. It, excuse me, take the 17 million to get the 9 million in cap space. I agree. It's not plausible. I wouldn't do it, but I think we're going to hear that agenda from some people this off season, Baltimore BDG, fantastic game office. needs to play better in the middle of the game, but happy for the start and the finished defense is hundred percent carried with the four turnovers at crucial points. Look, a win is a win. The Ravens are a nine and three football team entering the bye. I think if I, if I said that, at the start of the season, if I, the season preview episode, if I said that back in September, I think many people, a lot of people would be happy with that for sure. Baltimore BDG, I'll say we're not letting Stanley go. If anything, he'll be restructured. Could be. Could be a restructure. That's really good. Bear Arms saying putting in Hill, crucial situations, and taking Gus and Mitchell basically out, making plays by too much passing in their territory. Monk and his head scratching. I thought Hill, Hill was okay, but I just think Mitchell and Edwards are better options. Like, I just think the better options at that point. And Jack Crick saying, I'm glad we... I'm glad we won, but Herbert just comes up so short. It's actually kind of sad. Look, the Chargers are a dumpster fire. They can't win close games. It's just all around. It should not have taken that much to beat the Chargers, but they get the win. They're nine and three. We're rounded out with Kobe saying your best bet in 2024. The stacked offensive tackle classes to hope one falls with the quarterback needy team. Slide that offensive tackle on a left guard rookie year. Take over in 2025. Good plan. I like that plan, Kobe. Kobe's on point tonight. Shout out to Kobe for his chats. He, he He's putting the Ravens future in front of us with all these plans and everything that has been going on for them and what could be happening in the 2024 offseason. But the Ravens got to win over the Chargers in week 12, 20 to 10. I appreciate everybody for tuning in on the Locked on Ravens live stream here for listening after the fact. Be sure to tune in to our Monday show. It'll be out at 6 a.m. I appreciate it again. It's a late night one here, rounding out just after 1230. Coming up tomorrow again, I'll be talking about what to expect for this Ravens team and how good we should be feeling about the Ravens as they enter that awesome bye week. So be sure to stay tuned. I'll see you right back here tomorrow or later today on Lockdown Ravens.